Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another episode of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker. And I am joined today by esteemed national college basketball writer, Adam Zagoria. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam Zagoria, Z-A-G-O-R-I-A. You can check out his work at Zag's blog. You can find it at Forbes, uh, the New York Times, a variety of places. And he is currently covering the corruption scandal case being tried in New York. And so, Adam, welcome. Thank you for taking the time. I know this is this is a busy time for you in the basketball landscape, but it's a different part of the basketball landscape than I think most people are actually looking at right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, Rick, and, and thanks for having me on. I mean, obviously, the NCAA tournament, you know, just ended a couple weeks ago with uh, Virginia winning, and then, you know, this trial started like two weeks after that. So, uh you know, we got about a, ha- a handful of national reporters that have to go into court every day in lower Manhattan and uh, take notes and, and write stories about it. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty interesting, at least for those who, who follow college basketball. So set the scene for me in terms of who you're seeing there and how familiar or foreign this is to see some of these college basketball luminaries in this setting. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to get, uh, try to keep it sort of simple, but basically these two guys, Christian Dawkins and Merle Code, uh, are on trial for, for bribery. Uh, Merle Code is a former Nike and Adidas executive, and Christian Dawkins is just kind of a wannabe agent who worked for Andy Miller, you know, who, as you know, is was one of the top NBA agents. Right. Um, and it, it's really just kind of, you know, it's been a crash course uh, in the sort of the dirty underbelly or the, you know, the underside of college basketball and all the sort of shady things that go on. This is actually the second trial. As a lot of people know, there was one in the fall where three guys, Code Dawkins and Jim Gatto, who's a former Adidas exec, were mm-hmm. all found guilty on fraud charges. So this is a second trial for Dawkins and Code. Um, you know, the, you know, a couple of big takeaways. We, we really haven't seen any college coaches testify, Rick. Uh, Sean Miller and Will Wade had been subpoenaed by the defense in this case. 
you know, Sean Miller's obviously the head coach at Arizona. Will Wade's the coach at LSU. But the judge, Judge Ramos, ruled that they did not have to testify. So, you know, it would have been a lot more sort of sexy and, and interesting to people if the head coaches had to take the stand. They haven't. That said, their names have been mentioned a lot. And, and really the big bombshell yesterday was some audio played of Book Richardson, who was the associate head coach at Arizona, basically saying that Sean Miller bought right. DeAndre Ayton, who was the number one pick last year, for 10 a month. And, you know, that was interpreted to mean $10,000 a month. So, right. uh, and then Jay Billis came out today, I saw on ESPN, sort of openly saying, you know, what more does Arizona and LSU need to see uh, in regards to Sean Miller and Will Wade? So this is what I find extraordinary, is that you have this damning piece of audio and the reaction is, I don't want to say it's a yawn, but yeah. you would think that it would be cataclysmic. What, what, what yeah. do you, how do you explain that people are not more up in arms than they are about what it seems to be very damning evidence, clear, clear evidence that Sean Miller is uh, or was paying DeAndre eight. Yeah, well, it's a couple things. I mean, one thing I'll say is that we've seen video, Rick, in the courtroom, the jury and the media have seen um, video of three or four assistant coaches, uh, including Book Richardson, who was at Arizona, Tony Bland at USC, a couple other guys, you know, taking envelopes of cash and putting them in their pocket. You know, in one case, this guy, Preston Murphy from Creighton, is like wearing a big Creighton shirt and He's in a Las Vegas hotel room and, you know, you just see him put the envelope into his khakis. And I think that if that appeared on the 630 evening news with David Muir or whoever everyone watches or on 60 minutes, on 60 minutes, people would be like, oh, my God, you know, that's kind of the the gotcha moment that you see on 60 minutes. But obviously this video hasn't gotten out. So, you know, I've seen it and the people in the courtroom have seen it, but a lot of people haven't. So that's part of it. You know, second of all, I think people sort of always expected or understood that this went on in college basketball and college football, but they, you know, it's sort of old news to them. But again, when you see the video, even for a guy like me who's been doing this 20 years, you know, it's pretty shocking. You know, I also think, you know, college basketball is kind of a niche sport, right? I mean, you cover mostly the NBA and people tune into college basketball during the final four in the NCAA tournament, but you know, not everybody really follows it all year round. Right. Well, and I'm curious what it is like for you because being in the business and having covered the covered college basketball as long as you have, I'm sure on some level you knew that this was going on. And this is what I always find difficult. It's why actually why I cover the NBA because <laughs> there's there's underhanded stuff that goes on in the NBA too. There's rules violations, but it's business. It's a professional business, right. and it feels. Right. It feels a little more uh, clean than the guys of the NCAA pretending to be an amateur sport and has all this stuff going on. So I wonder for you, like, how, how have you just in the big picture gone about covering a sport that you know, probably have long known that it has this dirty underbelly and yet you're, you're covering the sport. So how, how do you balance that? Uh, going after what you know is rule violations versus just covering the sport itself and and appreciating it for for that aspect of it. 
Yeah, I mean, look, that's a great question for all of us, you know, who cover college basketball. And, you know, I like to sort of, you know, I cover recruiting and high school stuff and college stuff and some NBA. So you really see it at all three levels. And, you know, the really the big picture here is that NCAA student athletes, as they're called, you know, aren't paid. And uh, obviously a lot of people are making money off college football and men's basketball to you know, certainly the NCAA is making money, the TV networks, the universities, the coaches who have, you know, multi-million dollar contracts, everyone's getting paid except the players. You know, there's a famous Chris Weber line about, you know, he saw his jersey being sold at the in the Michigan bookstore for whatever it was, 60 or 80 bucks, and he didn't have money to buy a pizza. Yeah. Um, and so what Christian Dawkins is saying in this, you know, when he's on the stand in this trial is that, you know, he's stepping in as a third party to illegally funnel money to the players and that he doesn't see anything wrong with that. He doesn't care if it's an NCAA violation. He doesn't see it as a as a violation of a federal law and that he's in favor of paying players and giving players money and that he's just an example of a, of a runner or um, someone who's willing to do that and that, you know, that's Yes, that's an NCAA violation. No, it's not a, a federal crime. So, you know, that's that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah. And how you, here you have guys really willing to spell out exactly what they're doing. But, you know, when you get into, uh, you know, there are different areas. I mean, if, if every every player, every high-profile player has someone who's sort of handling their situation, whether it's the father, the uncle, the AAU coach, you know, their handler, their mentor, whatever it is, and in a lot of cases, you know, those people are asking and or being given things to direct players to certain schools. Right. Um, you know, in this Arizona situation, it's pretty unique because the what Book Richardson is saying on video, on audio tape and the, the charge is that Sean Miller was you know, paying guys like DeAndre Ayton out of his pocket. Um, and that's, you know, that is wow. a little different than, you know, that's a little different than. Uh, a handler or an AAU coach getting some money to send a kid somewhere. Yeah. And why would Sean Miller do that? Well, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, whether we're ever going to, you know, at this point, Arizona's just released a statement saying they're looking into it. Um, you know, on some of the audio tape, like DeAndre Ayton was from the Bahamas. So there was some, you know, allusion to, to other people quoting Sean saying, you know, his family's not from the U.S., so he's handling it. But look, it's a very competitive business and these coaches want to get any edge they can over their competitors. Yeah. And as you know, as the saying goes, it's all about the Jimmies and the Joes and, and not the X's and the O's. Right. So they need to get these top players. Now I will say I was in Atlanta this past weekend at the Nike stop and I talked to ten or twelve head coaches, you know, Penny Hardaway, Rick Barnes, Jerry Stackhouse, and I asked them and a lot of them went out of their way to say, Look, you know, this is only a small handful of, of people who are cheating. Not everyone does this. You know, most of us are, have been doing this a long time and have respect for the game. And um, so, you know, I think this goes on, but I, I don't know how prevalent it is or, you know, wh whether the Dukes and the Carolinas and the Kentuckys are doing this in a much more subtle uh, way and are, are never going to get caught. That You know, that's possible. Yeah. Um, and they've certainly, they've certainly been mentioned during these trials. 
you know, so there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Well, I, do, I do want to get to Penny Hardaway and what he's trying to do at Memphis in the piece that you wrote for Forbes. But before we leave this particular situation, give us the timeline. How did, how did we get here? We've known this stuff has gone on forever. What was the tipping point for the federal government to get involved? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I've actually, you know, there's a kind of a conspiracy theory out there that this guy, Craig Robinson, who was, who is Barack Obama's brother-in-law and was the head coach at Oregon state kind of got fed up with, you know, teams who were cheating, beating him. And that somehow he mentioned it, you know, to Obama and Obama got the ball rolling. Now I have, you know, I have never been able to confirm that. I actually did ask Craig Robinson about it, but, but really it more started in 2017 with guys who had nothing to do with basketball, like this guy, Marty Blazer, who was a government witness here, who was in trouble with the SEC for some other non-basketball related, you know, fraud and, and federal crimes. And basically the Fed got him to sort of roll over. And in the process of him giving the government information, he mentioned other people, um, including this guy, uh, Manish Sood and some other guys who were involved in this case. And, and basketball sort of got, you know, college basketball got drawn into it through that. Interesting. Interesting. And so as we stand right now, like where are we in the process of this case and where is the finish line? Yeah, great questions, Rick. I mean, the the sort of immediate picture is the defense rested today. They're going to have closing arguments Friday and Monday. I personally think there's at least a reasonable doubt that at least Merle Code will get off, uh, you know, Christian Dawkins maybe also. But then the bigger picture is what does this mean? You know, the NCAA and Mark Emmert, who's the president of the NCAA, are waiting sort of to get all the information on the schools from the feds, from the FBI. And, you know, we already had one trial in the fall involving, you know, Louisville, Kansas, NC State. Now, this this one has obviously brought in Arizona and LSU and some other schools. So these are, you know, some of the biggest schools in college basketball. And the NCAA, which is already under fire for not paying players and have having all sorts of stupid rules, <laughs> is now going to have to, you know, enforce, um, you know, what are they going to do at Louisville? What are they going to do at NC State? What are they going to do at Arizona? And everybody will have to just sort of wait and see, you know, how they handle that. Yeah. And are we talking, I mean, I think the casual fan out there looks at it and says, okay, well, kids are being paid and that violates NCAA rules. But does it, are there federal, what are the federal laws that are being broken in this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, that's, look, it took me a couple of days in the first trial in the fall to sort of figure that out. I mean, you know, they were basically arguing that, you know, wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And in this case, that they were bribing the coaches. So pretty straightforward, you know, federal crimes. And the defense in both cases has said, Look, yeah, we're paying players. We're, uh, you know, we're giving players or their families or their fathers money under the table. Yes, that's an NCAA violation. No, that's not a federal crime. So that's sort of, you know, the fine line of it. Yeah. And do you and do you think that argument will carry the day? I, I always get nervous when well, when when the federal government gets involved and they and they want to make a point. Somebody's go, somebody's going to pay a price. Yeah, well, look, the guys in the first trial, you know, including two from this one, you know, were convicted of, of wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. They did only get, two of them got six months. 
Okay. One of them got nine months and they're out on bail. So, you know, they haven't spent a day in jail yet and it's not that significant. Right. And, you know, again, I was at a big recruiting thing over the weekend for Nike and some coaches were just like, you know, nothing's changed. Um, everything's still going on. You know, maybe there are other guys like Christian Dawkins running around, but I think people are going to be, you know, at least more careful now about the, you know, this type of thing. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think this is going to splash up against the North Carolinas and the Kansases and some of the, the August programs? I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that as much as we laud and, and see Mike Krzyzewski and, and with a, with a halo that Duke gets the talent that they get, the Kansas gets the talent that they get, but they, but they're playing by, you know, they're playing it straight and clean, uh, and they're still getting over on everybody else while everybody else is paying guys. It, that's just it's hard for me to fathom that that's the reality. Yeah, well, look, uh, Rick. I mean, Zion Williamson's. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um you know, came out a little bit in the first trial and it came out again here in this one. Um, you know, there's been allegations that, um, you know, his mother received a uh, payment for a, you know, phony consulting service mm. from a sneaker company. You know, there was some talk in the first trial of the Kansas assistant asking what, what Zion's stepfather, you know, needed or wanted to get him to Kansas. So it has sort of touched up on Duke, but they haven't uh, been swallowed up in it. You know, Kansas was very heavily mentioned uh, in the first trial with, you know, text messages were right. shown with Bill Self from Kansas and Rick Pitino from Louisville, you know, essentially thanking guys from Adidas for, you know, <laughs> helping them get players. Uh, you know, not, they, were, they weren't thanking the Adidas guys because they, they liked their uniforms. Right. You know? they, they were thanking them because basically because they facilitated them getting different players. But there was no smoking gun like, hey. You know, I paid this kid a hundred grand, you know, here's, here's the smoking gun text message, you know, and, and it's kind of unfair too, because a kid at Kansas, Silvio D'Souza has had to sit out for two years while, you know, Bill Self keeps coaching right. and, you know, all these coaches, you know, Sean Miller's still coaching, Andy Enfield at USC is still coaching. And, you know, I will point out that so far, it's really just a handful of African-American assistant coaches who have been arrested and had to plea out and lost their jobs. And it's largely a bunch of white head coaches who still have their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and that, that's a whole other podcast to get into the, of course. the of course. unfairness of how the NCAA adjudicates things. And, uh, but uh, I do want to get and this is, you know, going to Penny Hardaway and your piece in Forbes and for anybody who, who has not seen it, uh, uh, Forbes.com is the place to find it. Or you can go to zagsblog.com and find all of Adam's work, uh, including uh, a link to uh, a uh, documentary that you did on Khalil Whitney, who's now a Kentucky Wildcat called Year of the Dragon. Check that out as well. Uh, so. 
this is what I, I I find the most fascinating about your piece and about Penny Hardaway and his approach is sort of being the the cool kid among these older college coaches yeah. and trying to reestablish Memphis is that Penny was also Butch McRae in a in the movie Blue Chips, which was all about yeah. <laughs> the the a fictional version of illegally recruiting. Uh, high school kids to uh, to call to a college program uh, coached by by Nick Nolte. So, what do you make of Penny saying, "Hey, I know that goes on, but we're going to do it a different way. I'm gonna I'm going to resurrect Memphis on the strength of my personality and my profile." Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think we should say first of all that there, Memphis hasn't been mentioned at all in any of these. Files and there's there's no link to uh, that we've seen between Memphis and, and what's going on in right trials. right and I didn't um, mean to insinuate that by by by, yeah. by any means I just in terms of him coming in on the on the college scene and yeah. uh, and using his his profile you know and his his uh, yeah. connection with kids through his shoe yeah, line I mean, and everything else yeah I mean the thing that stood out to me most Rick was I sat with Penny for. 10 or 15 minutes on Saturday night in Atlanta. And he's sitting there wearing like a, um, you know, camouflage green Memphis baseball hat and a blue Memphis hoodie with a black Memphis hoodie with sweats and these, uh, you know, foam, um, what are they called? The Nike foam posit. Yeah. Nike foam posit. Yeah. He was uh, swagged know, out. He was totally swagged out, man. And it's like, you know, you're in this gym, coach K and Calipari and Tom Izzo. They don't look anything like this guy. <laughs> they're they're all in the gym. Um, you know, some little like nine or ten year old kid came up to Penny when I was talking to him and said, "Hey, I like your backpack." And you know, Penny was like, "You know, I'll play for it one on one." So you know, the main thing is just he looks totally different than all these coaches, yeah. and so the kids look at him as like a grown up version of them. He, he looks hip. He's obviously a former NBA All Star. He has this kid James Wiseman, a seven foot one kid from Memphis, who's the projected number one pick in 2020, already committed to Memphis. So it's kind of a combination of all that. You know, I talked to a lot of these top recruits and, and Memphis is just very hot and sexy right now with these kids. And there are still three or four top uncommitted five-star guys who are going to decide in the next few weeks or months or whatever. And Memphis is involved for most of them. So Penny pretty much straight out told me, hey, we have four scholarships left. We want to add these five-star kids. We want to make a run for it. And, you know, with that comes a lot of pressure. I mean, look, Duke had this historic recruiting class this year with Zion and those guys. They missed the Final Four by one, you know, R.J. Barrett foul shot of at least tying that game. And then all the Duke haters came out and said, hey, look, you know, look at Duke. They can't even make the Final Four with Zion. So, I, I, you know, I think Penny knows there'll be a lot of hate if he doesn't get that team to the tournament and make a run, but he's, you know, excited about the challenge and, and having that team. I find it fascinating that there are so many, uh, it seems like there's a, a, it's a growing trend of former NBA players who are coaching at the collegiate level. Uh, I, I, Avery Johnson obviously just uh, lost his job, but he came down. Jerry Stackhouse is at Vanderbilt. I, I don't, you, you would have a better sense of this. This is just sort of anecdotally for me, but I just feel like there are more of those guys coming to those ranks rather than trying to hook on 
in the NBA or stay at that level. Is Are you seeing the same thing or is it just there's notable names that I'm familiar with that, that seem to be making that move? Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I mean, traditionally, a lot of these guys haven't done well. I mean, just, you know, in this last cycle, Avery Johnson was fired at Alabama. Mike Dunleavy was fired at Tulane. Yep. Um, Chris Mullen was fired at St. John's. Right. Um, you know, really only Rick Pitino and John Calipari, who sort of failed as NBA coaches, mm. were, were very successful as college coaches. Um, a, a lot of guys haven't really made the transition. So Stackhouse and Penny are sort of the latest examples, although their their histories are a little different. I mean, Penny did coach high school. He coached James Wiseman uh, at Memphis East. He coached that AAU team. So he's now making the transition up and sort of bringing kids with him. Stackhouse coached in the G League with Toronto. Um, he had his own AAU team. And both he and Penny had to sort of divest themselves of these AAU teams when they became college coaches. And, you know, I talked to both of them, and, and now they're in the same state, right? Penny and Jerry Stackhouse and Rick Barnes, all in the state of Tennessee, competing against each other. You know, Stackhouse was like, hey, Vanderbilt." going to get a different type of player than Memphis where, you know, we're a little more academically oriented, right. but um, you know, it'll be interesting to see in two, three, five years, how these guys do. Well, and, and stack is uh, replacing Bryce drew. Uh, we've got Bobby Hurley. Um, right. And so that, yeah, it, it's, it is a mixed bag. Do you think ultimately, how do you think that Penny's cool factor Will that give him a leg up? How, how do you think that's going to play in the competition with with guys like Bill Self and Mike Krzyzewski who have a track record at the collegiate level? Yeah, well, look, he's already sort of gotten into it. He and Rick Barnes, uh, you know, Penny was sort of lobbing some, you know, verbal, uh, you know, threats or taunts, I guess, at, at Rick Barnes after they played this year. But, you know, I asked Penny about it and he said, look, you can't call it a rivalry yet. Tennessee's and Rick Barnes have obviously accomplished way more than we have. You know, Tennessee was number one in the country this year. So I think, you know, anything, anytime there's someone new or different from the status quo, people feel threatened and, you know, react. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some of that. And, uh, you know, again, it's Penny has this team this year with Wiseman, you know, these guys are only going to be there six, nine months before they head to the NBA. So he has a short window in which to develop them coach him up, get him to the tournament, and then sustain it over a period of time. I mean, Calipari's done this in Kentucky 10 years or whatever, and he's got 30 NBA draft picks. Right. Before I let you go, so with, and we'll wrap with the with the trial, uh, and again, if you want to follow Adam on Twitter, 150,000 tweets, by the way. Dude, wow. 150,000! That's too many. Too many. <laughs> that is that Sometimes is some production. Sometimes I get myself in trouble. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you uh, if you want to know what's going on in college basketball, Adam is a is a follow. A D A M Z A G O R I A because it is a font of information that flows. All right. So with this trial, with this case. What are you expecting is going to be the ultimate result on NCAA basketball as we know it, whether it's next season or going forward? What, what are you anticipating is going to be the impact of 
what is transpiring now? Well, look, I think following on what, um, you know, Jay Billis said on TV today that, you know, what more to LSU and Arizona, you know, the administrators at those schools need to see. And I think if we get through all this and, you know, frankly, if, if Sean Miller and Will Wade are still the coaches at their schools and there haven't been any repercussions, um, you know, it's not going to reflect well on college basketball because people are going to be like, look, you know, there was a lot of smoke, if not actual fire around these guys and um, they're still coaching and they, they went along their merry way. You know, if there are repercussions for those guys, if down the road, you know, Kansas, Louisville, MC state, these other programs um, are hit with some sanctions. then I think people will, you know, re- realize that, you know, there are repercussions for your actions. Now that said, the, if they come out, the NCAA comes out and penalizes NC State next year, you know, the guys who, who took money, the coach who took money to NC State is long gone. The players on the roster next year will be different from the guys who were there when mm-hmm. it happened. The same for all these schools. So it, it gets back to that issue of you're going to punish a school after the kids have already left. What good does that do? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the NCAA has, has got a real big couple of decisions to make. Are they going to stand up and say this is wrong and, and these things happened and we're going to do something about it or are they going to drag their feet and it's going to take forever and no one will, you know, no one will be punished. What? You know, it's kind of like we all have, we all have kids. If your kid misbehaves or throws a tantrum or breaks something and you just let them get away with it, so you know, they're going to do it again. Yeah. So what do you, what do you anticipate? What would be your bet? I mean, just as far as this trial, you know, again, I think, I think, Merle Code's going to, my guess would be he, he, there's a reasonable doubt he gets off, you know, Christian Dawkins may get convicted again, have to do some jail time or not. Um, but in the bigger picture, look, LSU has already said that Will Wade is their coach. They let him back. Arizona has just issued a statement. Um, and I was at this event last weekend where coaches or a lot of coaches are like, you know, how are these guys still walking around recruiting and coaching? Yeah. So, you know, it's in this business. If you win, you can you can get away with a lot. And uh, amen. You know, Arizona's got the number one recruiting class in the country coming oh. in. LSU made the tournament, so you know they have been successful. And now it's going to be up to the presidents and leaders of those universities to you know make some hard decisions. Adam, really appreciate the time. Uh, I would say enjoy your time in the in the courtrooms, but I've I've done a little bit of that, so I know, I know yeah. what that's like. Um, it's, a, it's a really hard it's a really hard bench where you sit on for five we, or six hours. I'll tell you that. We appreciate your service. Let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. Thank you. Thank you so much Appreciate for taking the time. And, and um, this is going to be an ongoing thing. We'd love to have you back on sometime down the, down the road uh, to continue to talk about uh, Year of the Dragon and, and that, uh, as well as everything that's going on in college basketball. Thanks, Rick. Anytime. Happy to come on. You got it. Before I go, I need to mention one more thing. For those of you who fly privately into the New York metro area, there's a reason you do so, to avoid delays. And if you are flying into New York City, Republic Jet Center in Farmingdale, New York should be your only choice. Look, don't get caught up in the delays flying into Teterboro or White Plains. I know that they've been more popular for years, and the problem is is that they've become so popular that they're difficult to get in and out of. Republic Jet Center has none of those problems. You'll experience 
all the reasons why you chose to fly privately in the first place. RGC is a proud part of the Signature Flight Support Network. Getting to the city is as quick as a 12-minute helicopter ride. And then even if you go with a, a limo or a car service, you can get there as quickly as 20 minutes. They have a luxurious lobby, new 100,000-square-foot facility, self-serve snacks, beverages. If you need any help, they've got concierge service, everything that you could possibly want. They can get you to the Hamptons as well by helicopter. It's comprehensive white glove service, and their premier affiliations are a compelling reason why aircraft owners and operators benefit from selecting their facility already. So they look forward to seeing you. Mention this ad to get a discount on your fuel prices. Visit them at www.republicjetcenter.com or call them at 631-881-9520 for more information. They look forward to seeing you. All right, that does it for this episode of Buker and Friends. Keep in mind, we love when you rate the show. Uh, all you have to do wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes or wherever, just hit the number of stars. And if you screenshot that review and then send it to us, you'll be eligible to win some prizes. Send it to at Buker Friends. All right, in our next podcast, I'll be joined by Ryan Hollins. And we'll take a look at the playoff scenario in the NBA in particular. And what if the Warriors are not in it going forward? What's the best matchup? And is that something you really want to see in the finals? Discuss all that and more. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.